Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi guys, it's Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. How often do you get to know a little of the personal workings of a Wall Street legend? Well, in today's show we do. The theme on Talking Trading today is the importance of values. And this episode happened a little spontaneously. Last week, we heard from Wall Street legend Victor Sperandio on the debt levels of the US economy. At the end of that interview... I asked Victor a few personal questions about himself, his childhood, his inspiration, his values in life. Sometimes you don't know if people are going to be offended by the questions or not, especially a Wall Street legend. But Victor answered each question unhesitatingly and openly. And the only gripe I have is that I didn't ask Victor more personal questions about himself. It's a short but insightful segment coming up in the show. Louise Bedford discusses values in mind power as she asks you, what are your top values in life? What are the top 10 things that you care most about? And we hear how she structures the priorities in her life. But first in today's show, let's get a quick look at the markets with Chris Tate for the week ending the 9th of March. Chris Tate, hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Hi Caroline. How did the US market close on Friday? Well, this is the thing. And I probably should preface this with, I, I suppose, the observation that one of the things that intrigues me about traders is the perception that markets must always operate in a linear fashion that conforms to their own hopes, dreams and aspirations. Unfortunately, it doesn't do that. The US markets have enjoyed a stellar 10 years. So let's think about that. For 10 years, they've done nothing but start at the bottom left-hand side of the chart and move towards the top right-hand side. Market has a pullback over the period of three, maybe four weeks. And the pullback is slight. And all of a sudden, everyone's running around like chicken little going, the world is ending. (laughs) Again, it comes back to this notion of context that traders are so poor at. And they're so poor at it because they cannot manage the noise that they're being subjected to, nor can they manage the noise in their own head. So let's look at the Dow in context. The Dow is about 2,300 points off its all-time high. That's sod all. It's about 8%. That's nothing. That's true of the S&P 500 and the Russell. But if you look at the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ 100 has moved to a new high as of last week, uh, basically on the back of uh, Netflix. If 
putting on 10%. But it doesn't matter where it's come from. It's still a new all-time high. So you've got one out of four making a new all-time high and three of the others just sitting below their all-time high. So again, it's context. Yes, market's been brilliant. Market's had a break. Market having a break does not mean that the sky is falling. So these things need to be taken for what they are. And this is the great problem with traders. The same is true for... Uh, Asia, Hong Kong and Japan had sterling parts to last year. The moves were remarkable. Uh, same too with China. Off the boil a little bit now, but it doesn't mean that the world's come to an end. And this is the important consideration. You need to look at all of these things by taking a big breath and a step back and looking at things and going, well, it's not really all that bad, is it? <laughs> Let's talk about the Australian market and the ASX. Oh, that's easy. That can be summed up in sort of, you know, uh, I'll revert to my German heritage and go, well, it's Scheisenhausen, as it normally is, because unfortunately our market is still a two-speed market. Commodities or banking. Banking's rubbish. Commodities are rubbish. So therefore the market is flat. Uh, and that's uh, that makes it difficult from... Uh, the overall perspective of a stock picker because you don't get that follow through, that buoyancy. We, we still have the situation here in Australia where the major asset class that is talked about is real estate. That's just simply a fact that people need to accept. And yes, we have made in our own meandering sort of ramshackle way gains since the GFC. They've been difficult. If you're an index trader on the ASX 200, it's very, very hard. It's not an easy market to trade because it's so noisy and it lacks continuity. It just doesn't get going and stay going. We had a little burst last year. That burst is now over. We're now drifting. Mm -hmm. And that drift is very problematic. Gold, silver, precious metals and softs. The interesting thing is that precious metals are dawdling in this first quarter. Gold and silver in fairly broad congestion patterns. If you look at them from uh, any form of macro perspective, uh, they're, they're bouncing between support and resistance. That's that's just par for the course. That's 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 neither a bad thing nor a good thing. Uh, if you were to put a positive spin on it, what you would say is that eventually support and resistance give way, and when they give way, they give way to a trend. Uh, platinum is drifting down, as is palladium. Energy, nothing very exciting. We, we had this chat just before we came on air that it looks as if energy is subject to the notion that the world is changing and people have cottoned onto the fact that, A, the Middle East is not that important and would, would be really, really good if someone just built a wall around it and filled it with water. And we've got new technology sources. It doesn't mean that the importance of these things is going to sort of disappear overnight, but it does mean we are in this transition if we look at softs, there are two bright spots, or there have been two bright spots in the past four weeks. Cocoa and soybean meal have both been very, very strong. Cocoa, particularly in the past week or so, uh, when you look at it on a daily chart, has been very, very strong. <sighs> Things like cotton have been a try-hard, but they're running into trouble at 84.50. Uh, the rest of the soybean complex, interestingly, uh, oil and soybeans themselves, look nowhere near as positive as soybean meal. So it's it's a really, really, really mixed bag of 
bibs and bobs in the markets at present. What has been the best performing instrument in your portfolio at the moment? Uh, and this would hark back to last quarter, in particularly the short-term systems that I run. It has been the run we saw in the Dow and the S&P 500. The last segment of that run was enormously profitable. But again, it's just a matter of sitting and waiting for the next one. Unfortunately, with trading, a lot of trading is sometimes sitting and waiting. And that's, and strangely enough, it is, it is the sitting and waiting where the money is made or lost. Because people who can't sit on their hands, who can't tolerate the boredom, are the ones who gradually chew through their account bit by bit, looking for trades that aren't actually there. Give us one last piece of advice for psychological insight into the market. Good question. Try as much as possible to remove as much noise as possible from your life. Chris Tate, thanks for your time. Thanks, Caroline. In an earlier episode of Talking Trading, I talked about the importance of interviewing your older self as a type of mentor in your life. So the idea is that you visualize who you'll be in 10 years or in 20 years time and you sit down and ask them about a particular problem that you're currently having or about a situation that you would like their guidance on. It is amazing how much internal wisdom we actually have. I think sometimes we forget that we are our own best friend with this type of discussion. Now, one of the things I recently asked my older mentor on, which is, of course, myself, is what are the 10 things I value most in life? Now, this is a fantastic topic to journal on. It is a wonderful way to be able to talk to your friends so that you've got a really good commonality with them. And it's something that you can ask your older mentor as well. Now, I think that's a slightly different question to what are my top three values, which is something that's also important. So just to openly share with you, my top three values are love, nurture, and inspiration. And I find when I'm not reveling in those three values, that's when I feel like I'm not fulfilled and I run low on energy. So first of all, have a think about your top three values. And then I challenge you to ask your older mentor, what are the 10 things I value most in life? Now, for me, the top three came out as family, business and fitness. So family with my husband and with my children, making sure that they fulfill their goals and making sure that as a family unit, we're moving ahead. Business, looking after my people, making sure my relationship with Chris Tate is sound, making money and making sure that my traders make money. All of those things are very key to my heart. And the other thing is fitness. I want a strong and flexible body that continues to serve me well. Now, some of the other things that I listed are presenting and writing, travel and novel experiences, time to be by myself, good food, learning new things, appreciating nature, sleep and being in control. Now, I don't know what those things are for you that you will value most in life, but I can tell you, 
that unless you are backing yourself and unless you are funding all of the areas in your life towards the consistency, it will affect your trading results. You see, for me, for my trading results, if I was too overly involved with family, then that might mean that I wouldn't set aside time to trade. So I wouldn't have that making money aspect to my personality being satisfied. So wherever there's give, there has to be take as well. But certainly to define those values will really help you understand if you are heading in the right direction. I wish you light, I wish you joy, I wish you fulfillment and more than anything, I want you to live the trader's life. Victor Sperandio is a legendary trader and a well-known financial commentator. He has over 45 successful years on Wall Street One of his companies, Ragnar Option Corporation, did more volume than any other over-the-counter securities option dealer, not only in the USA, but around the world. As well as trading independently for 45 years, Victor's traded on behalf of George Soros and Leon Cooperman. He's been featured twice in Barron's Magazine as the man of all markets and the ultimate Wall Street pro. This short segment was recorded at the end of Victor talking about the US debt. Like I say, the only gripe I have is that I didn't ask Victor more questions. I hope you enjoy hearing Victor open and unhesitating and answering questions about himself and his values. Enjoy. What is some of the best advice you have ever been given? Uh, My father taught me very few things <laughs> but one of the things he taught me is that you have very few friends in life and he said if you have one that's too many so i think to appreciate friends and family more than you know you would just take them for granted is probably the best advice i got because it makes me really appreciate the people i'm close to and it makes me understand that just because somebody calls you darling they're not your darling What did you get from your mom? Oh, my mom was a great lady. And um, she was a hardworking, very dedicated mother. And she just gave me a lot of virtues and values that would take me too long to to discuss. But she was a a great woman, perfect woman. And, and, uh, you know, I don't have any critique of her. So I I don't want to sound like she's my mother. But the point was she was really a terrific woman. What moments or events during your childhood shaped who you are now? Very, very good question. All right. There's one thing that sticks out here. I used to go to camp uh, as a child, and this was a sports camp. It was Camp St. Regis was the name of the camp. And you, you when you went, they had a category of, of, stu- of a class of what they called um, – uh, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-olds, and the 15s, of course, were the seniors, the juniors and freshmen. And if you won the best athlete at camp for all three years, you got this huge trophy as tall as you are, right? Well, nobody got that. <clears throat> but I got the, I got one, the, the last year I was there, the fifth, I was 15, 
and I won the best athlete and it gave me a lot of self-confidence. So that was a great moment because it was, uh, you know, a self-esteem building uh, uh, event. What are your top three strengths? Uh, strengths, the, uh, I think the, the strengths are to be disciplined, to have a plan and stick to the plan uh, would be for, for Wall Street sense, for trading, that was certainly the most the, the best and more required plan so that when you buy something, if you're buying, that you know where you're wrong and you're going to sell it. Now, if it's an investment, then you know it's an investment, but you can't put all your, your funds in it. But you have to have a plan that you know mentally you'll stick by. If it's a trade, if you buy something at 50 and you say, I'm going to sell it at 47, well, you got to sell it at 47, right? So th- that from that perspective is, is, uh, is a strength. And then, you know, I think the focus on your health a little bit is, is, is important. Uh, not a little bit, it's a great deal. So you have to understand what causes your stress and avoid those things and then eat right and do some exercise. When I was younger, I did all of that. As I got older, I, unfortunately I started to lose the ability. I got a little lazy, but, uh, but I still eat right today and, uh, you know, the, the other strength, I think, is, is, um, is perhaps to suggest that, you know, I keep my word. I'm a very honest guy. I don't rip people off. If I give you my word, it's like a contract. And I'm kind of known for that because everybody who does business with me, trust me, I've never, you know, had bankruptcies or I've never put it this way. I've never been sued by anybody for anything. And in Wall Street, I don't know where it is in Australia, but let's put it this way. This is a very litigious society. So that's those are the three strikes, I would say. <laughs> what do you admire in your friends? You know, high character and, uh, and intelligence, uh, the ability to communicate with them and, you know, to enjoy the same values is usually – uh, you know, Ayn Rand would say that love is a response to values. So in this case, you, it is true. You, you really don't associate too deeply with people who have opposite values or opposite views. So uh, it's the same with me. So high character, though, would be number one. What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote? Well, I have many. To say I have a favorite Great question. Perhaps, um, uh, you know, well, I mean, thinking I and Rand, I'm going to get away from her for the moment. Uh, Aristotle had a quote that man is the greatest, is, is the most noble when he's good and he is the worst, and I'm paraphrasing now, and he's the worst when he is not good, and that is when he doesn't abide by the laws. So there's a paraphrase. That's not exact. But Aristotle is one of my favorite guys, and he's more well-liked to the world than most people, than most other philosophers. What do you want your legacy to be? Well, I think it kind of is, uh, you know, in that I, I kept my word is really the, you know, the key thing. In Wall Street, it used to be a phone business, you know, you buy this or you sell that and you keep your word whether you win or you lose. 
So I've always tried to be a professional trader in that respect. And, you know, you don't cry when you lose and you don't jump up and down when you win. Do you miss Wall Street? No, no, no. It is the same stuff when you use a machine. I mean, I miss the people I knew on Wall Street, but, you know, everybody is scattered, so it's not the same. I mean, it's different as life changes. That's the end of my questions, Victor Sperandia. Thank you for coming back on to Talking Trading. Okay, my pleasure. It was great to be here. And guys, stay tuned next week to hear Phil Carey on disruptive technologies. I'm Caroline Stephen. Have a good week in the markets. See you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.